0: We're continuing in our study of the book of Acts. Uh, This will be the last time we preach Acts before we dive into a small study on repent and be loved. And then we'll come back to Acts. So look forward to that. Um, We're in Acts 11, verses 19 through 26. And as you turn there, as you flip to your phone or your physical Bible, whichever you use, I won't condemn you for using your phone. Think of a time where you had an expectation and what you didn't get or what you got wasn't what you expected or you were told to expect something and when you received it, it wasn't what you thought it would be. So as you're getting there, think about those things. I'm sure it's all happened to us. So here now, the reading of God's word. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch Let us pray. Father, we do thank you for your word, that we may hear from you who we are to be because of who you are to us, that you have first loved us, that we may love you and love our neighbor. Lord, let us be resolute in remaining faithful to the Lord Jesus. May we do so with steadfast purpose. We pray all this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm sure we've all experienced times where we were told to expect something and the thing we received was not what we expected. You've ordered things from Amazon and it came smaller than the picture originally showed you. You ordered the bag of chips and it had a lot more air in it than you thought it would. The fast food ads, the burger doesn't quite look like the burger that arrives at your table. A really big way that's Somewhat comical that this has happened in the last couple years is Red Bull got sued. They got sued for $13 million, which, you know, for a corporation is $13 million. For me, that's like, that would be a life changing amount of money. Because when people drank Red Bull, they did not get wings. <laughs> False advertising. We, the church, the people of God, we have a problem. With false advertising. We tell people what Christians are and when they receive the product it's not anything like we, what we said it would be. Then on the flip side, we have people who have never known the gospel or who have truncated the gospel with strange ideologies, strange philosophies of various political systems of licentiousness and legalism telling us what Christians ought to be. So we false advertise and we have people who tell us to false advertise. And sometimes we bend the knee. So what the heck is a Christian? What are Christians? And we see in Acts 11 that in Antioch, the disciples, the people of God, are called Christians for the first time. So in this text, we're going to seek the Lord in answering the question, what are Christians? Our first scene comes in verses 19 through 21, and we learn that Christians are all kinds of people. Christians are all kinds of people. So the disciples scatter all over the place because Stephen is martyred and Saul ravages the church in Acts 7 and 8. And I think because of the way the story shifts here, that all of this is happening, like the first bit, this first scene here, verses 19 through, through 21, at the same time Peter is experiencing everything he's experiencing in Joppa and Caesarea. I'll speak a lot more to that one-on-one if you want to, but I think it's fascinating To understand what God is doing here so the early Christians are worshiping Jesus they're following him they're sharing the good news with with people in Jerusalem and the power to stone them stone one of the most faithful followers of Jesus they kill him in the streets and everybody gets hyped over it so they think I gotta go and they take off text tells us that some of them go all the way to Cyprus now, uh, it's kind of hard to get a map to tell me how far away that would have taken then. But by plane today, getting to Cyprus from Jerusalem is about an hour. By plane. So imagine how long that would take on foot, by boat, barring no bad weather, rowing. Maybe the wind wasn't blowing that day. could have taken you a really long time to get to Cyprus. Some go to Phoenicia, which if there's Jerusalem here, Phoenicia is like a little bit up this way.s Some scatter there, and then some take off to Antioch, which back then could have been anywhere between 250,000 people and 500,000 people. It's the capital of Syria during this time. And it's interesting that all these places that the Christians go are places that historically Jews have not liked. Antioch was about 18 days away by foot. These people were hoofing it. They were tired of being persecuted. They were scared of their persecution. So they took off. And the text tells us that as some were fleeing, they would find Jews and they would preach to them. They would tell them the good news. There's a, there's a but here and the but is really strong. It's, it's very intentional that Luke puts this contrasting verb here because he wants us to know that there are some doing one thing and then there are people who are doing the thing. They preach to both Jews and to Gentiles. Something that we learn later at the Jerusalem Council, like everybody's like, yeah, do that. But leading up to this point, nobody, has, nobody in the church has said, go and do that. And so they're preaching to all kinds of people. And like I said, I think this is happening the same time Peter is in Caesarea and is seeing the Gentiles receive the Holy Spirit. And so it's like, well, what was happening here? We learn later that, like, the council at Jerusalem affirms that this is a good thing. But they're affirming what they see God already doing. They're not coming up with a good idea and saying, like, yeah, let's tell the people to do that now. They're saying, God's doing that. And so when we go all the way back to Acts 1, before Jesus ascended to heaven, he told the disciples he was going to make them witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. So why are the disciples doing this? What is happening? Why are all kinds of people becoming Christians? Because Jesus is making all kinds of people his through his people, through the sharing of the gospel. They didn't need a council to tell them to do this per se. They had, Jesus had already told them, he's going to make them this. And so Jesus is working amongst his people, to make all kinds of people his. And when you think about Antioch, Antioch was the capital of Syria, the Roman capital in that region. There's probably some emperor worship happening there. A lot of Near Eastern religions were probably ongoing there. It was a very pluralistic society, as long as you stepped right when the emperor told you to step right. But by and large, people worshipped whatever. They did whatever. We learn later in Pauline's Paul's epistles, his letters to other churches, that there were really vile things happening in the worship of other deities. And yet, all of these people, all of these people from various backgrounds, experiences, various sin problems, are hearing the gospel, and Jesus is drawing them to himself. Jesus gave us a very early example of this when his life well, during his life and his ministry on earth before he ascended to heaven. Jesus rolls into Samaria, Samaria, to its village there. And the text tells us in John that Jews did not deal with Samaritans. I didn't think all kinds of people could possibly respond to the good news of Jesus. And Jesus shares with a woman who had had many husbands. She had a very distinct sin problem that was very frowned upon in that society. And she repents and believes and goes and tells other people in Samaria, more Samaritans coming to follow Jesus, and the disciples are baffled. They're doing this because they're continuing the work of Jesus. Jesus is continuing the work by the Spirit through his people to make all kinds of people his. I think we've got a pretty interesting crowd here at Central Hope. John Mark likes to say that we're an interesting island of misfit toys, of people from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of experience. And it's like, that's not a negative thing. That's a good thing. Because the thing that matters the most is that we're centered around the gospel. All kinds of people called by Jesus, not called by us, not called by being Presbyterian, not called by being Baptist, but being called by Christ. And that's what's happening here. Here in Antioch, all kinds of people are gods because Jesus is working. So the challenge to us, as we consider false advertising, saying what Christians are and not living it out, not being what we say we are, is to reflect on the ways that we are affected by our own culture and unbiblical ideologies to think that someone is unable to hear the gospel and come to faith Come to God's grace by faith. We do that all the time. We see someone and think, ah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't hear, they wouldn't care. We do it all the time. Paul is a great example of this, of people that thought there's no way he'd ever become a Christian. That's why people doubted when he converted. They're like, there's no way a guy that bad would follow Jesus. And yet, he wrote most of the New Testament. All kinds of people are coming to Jesus. So Jesus calls all people to himself, all kinds of people. We're the all kinds of people. And Barnabas comes, and he encourages them to do one thing, to be faithful to the Lord. So what are Christians? Christians are all kinds of people, and Christians are faithful to the Lord. It's kind of a big deal in a pluralistic society when a ton of people start following a new religion and eventually a report of this comes to jerusalem now this is where i think the stories start to sync up a little bit peter's telling them what happened in joppa and then they hear about what's happening in antioch and they think oh wow we got to go investigate so barnabas loads up and he takes that 18 day journey to antioch to see what's going on amongst one of the most pluralistic places in the east these Christians were persecuted. They were being killed. They weren't just being called mean names. And they were sharing the gospel with everyone. And because of this, a great number of people were coming to Jesus. That's report-worthy. New spreads. It just takes a little longer than it does these days. The Jerusalem church probably can't believe it. They're probably a little surprised. Because some of this is happening apart from... Like one of the 12 being there. This is just people. People who follow Jesus being dispersed into society by the will of God. Yeah, they were scared, but ultimately know that the Lord was doing this. And so Barnabas rolls in and he's amazed. He's absolutely amazed. The text tells us he came, he saw the grace of God, he was glad. Very surprised because this was uncommon. This was not how they thought things were going to go. But as we saw in Acts 1, this is how Jesus knew. This is how Jesus planned to make things go. So if Christians are faithful to the Lord, what does that mean? What does it mean to be faithful to the Lord? I think there's a lot of people who have a lot of different ideas of what that means. But to put it plainly, It means to maintain covenant fidelity with the Lord. Now, whoa, Blake, you said more words that don't make sense. (laughs) It means to be a faithful bride to Jesus the bridegroom. I think we all have an understanding of what it means to be faithful in a relationship. It means to be faithful brides to Jesus the bridegroom. Okay, how are we going to do that? just leads to more questions, doesn't it? How are we going to do that? So the first thing that Barnabas sees when he rolls up is the grace of God, and he's glad. The grace of God is the unobligated favor of God towards others, especially those who have been called into a covenant relationship with him. Now, there's a lot of ways you can define a covenant. Tim Keller likes to say it's when love and law kiss, love and law come together. Another way you might define it is a relationship that is way more permanent than a contract, but way more personal than any contract. Which that, it's, it's deep, and it's so foreign to us in a lot of ways. Because we're so far removed from the culture. But Barnabas sees the grace of God and tells them to remain faithful. And so they're going to remain in the grace of God. To remain faithful is to remain in God's grace. To continue to walk in God's grace. Later in Acts, Paul will encourage the people in a very similar way to continue in the grace of God. It's a very similar statement here. Continue in the grace of God. So to be faithful to the Lord... To remain faithful is to continue in the grace of God. And this great grace that they had received in Antioch, the grace of God that Barnabas saw when he arrived, is the faith that they had received. That they were believing. God's favor comes upon them and they believe. That's God's grace. It's faith. Again, to remain faithful to the Lord is to continue in faith. Dan loves to say this and I think it's such—it's so good but to consider what Paul says in Colossians 2 that we should walk in Christ just as we received him. He reminds of us, us of that constantly. And so what are the people in Antioch doing? They receive the grace of God. They receive faith. So how are they supposed to continue and remain faithful in the Lord? To continue in the same way that they received Christ. In faith. So Christians... Are people that are faithful to the Lord, they continue to receive Christ just as they received him the day they believed in faith. There are people that remain in faith and never graduate from the gospel. Remaining in faith is just bringing more and more and more of our life under the lordship of Christ, under the gospel. Remaining faithful to Jesus as our bridegroom. Jesus says in John 15 that I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. And neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. You want to remain faithful to the Lord? Abide in Christ. Live in Jesus. It is there that we will bear much fruit. To put it plainly, what is faith in Jesus Christ? What is remaining faithful in Jesus Christ? It is receiving and resting upon him alone. And then living out of that in faithful obedience. That the fruit of the Spirit is wrought out of us by abiding in Christ. So we know that Christians are all kinds of people. We know that Christians are people who remain faithful to Jesus by living out, walking in faith all of their life. So then, how are they going like, to continue to do that, though? Well, the text shows us that they become people of the word. So what are Christians? They're people of the word. Paul, Barnabas rather, realizes that there's a ton of Christians here now. After each scene, more and more people are added to the people of God as Christians are who they are because of what God has done in their life. So Barnabas goes, these people need a pastor. They need someone to come and care for them, to shepherd them, to feed them the word. So he goes to Tarsus and he gets Paul and he brings him back. And for a year, he sits and exposits the scriptures to them, which in that time was the Old Testament. They didn't have the New Testament yet. So they're teaching about the grace of God and who Jesus is through the Old Testament, showing them that the Lord is covenantally faithful to his people through faith for all time. They needed a pastor. They needed someone to shepherd them. So they go and he goes and gets Paul. And for a year, he teaches them the word so that they may Remain faithful as he had commanded them. That he may go, or that they may go, and as they live in a complex, pluralistic society, remain faithful to the Lord and preach the gospel and draw all kinds of people to Jesus because Jesus is working through them. They needed a pastor. So do we. And we have one, which is awesome. So sit under good preaching, just as the believers in Antioch who were first called Christians. Study the scriptures, even if you can study one verse at a time. Study the scriptures. Read good books. Read good books that have been historically treasured by the Christian church, that we might grow and be encouraged in our faith, that we might remain faithful. Be accountable to the church that you've taken vows to. Because it's only in the community of faith that all kinds of people, all kinds of people can help us remain faithful to the Lord, to call us to accountability to the word, that we may draw all kinds of people to the Lord Jesus. So what are Christians? In Acts 11, 19 through 26, we see that Christians are all kinds of people because Jesus is drawing all kinds of people to himself we see that Christians remain faithful to the Lord and that they're people of the word. Reflect, ask yourself, is that what you're advertising? And Are you doing something different than that? Are we giving in to what non-Christians have to tell us Christians ought to be? That's not to say that they can't tell a spade a spade when they see one people know when you're being fake. But sometimes we hear from non-Christians what Christians ought to be and it's not what lines up in the word. Let's not false advertise and let's not let something other than the word of God tell us who we ought to be. I don't think this passage is exhaustive of everything that Christians should be. Again, Christians are all kinds of people. We're faithful to the Lord and we're people of the word. And when Christians are what they are, every scene in this passage sees that the Lord is multiplying his people. The text says that the hand of the Lord is with them. We are blessed when we are what we are because of Christ. And we see that happening when more and more people come to Jesus. May we be in accord with Jesus' way of doing things, that we may see his church Multiply here in Little Rock and around the world. Let us be what we are because of Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we do give thanks that we are the all kinds of people. That even back when Abraham was 75 years old, he looked up to heaven and he saw the stars that you were making a promise that that would be his descendants. And Lord, we are those stars. We are those people. The Lord has made many his out of all the nations. We're continuing to see that happen. Lord, we ask that you would encourage us by your spirit to remain faithful to you and that we would be people of your word, that nothing else would cause us to stray from that. Lord, we do not want to be false advertisements for your kingdom. We want to be true and honest to your gospel. Help us, Lord, for we cannot do it on our own. Pray all this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.